you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm a senior NBA writer. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Glad to have you with us. I'm joined tonight by Brandon Anderson, NBA Futures Analyst, and Jim Turvey. He writes for the Action Network. You can find him on Twitter at TurveyBets. You can find Brandon on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. And this is your Monday Best Bets episode in the NBA playoffs we got two games on slate which you can find in the action network app the best way for you to track your picks you have the second information where the bets and money are coming in on you get all sorts of cool info in there our trends pieces from evan abrams you get to follow all of the great betters that are in the action network app and you can get our live shows like green dot daily this podcast the nhl playoffs going on online change all sorts of cool stuff check it out in the action network app two games on monday Boston Celtics open their second round series versus the Philadelphia 76ers as 10 point favorites versus the Philadelphia 76ers total 213 and a half in that one opened at 214 and a half this also opened minus six and a half and moved to minus 10 spoiler alert Joel Embiid's not gonna play uh in the late game the Denver Nuggets look to go up 2-0 on the Phoenix Suns Suns look to bounce back Nuggets minus four and a half total is 227 open at 230 and a half so heavy money on the under all ready we'll go around the table we'll give our best bets and then we'll get into the cap let's start with brandon anderson brandon you got some prop plays for us what are your what are your bets for the monday slate yeah i'm very prop heavy tonight i got two props both points in the celtic sixers game give me james harden's under 22 and a half points back to that well that i was visiting in the first round give me Derek white over 13 and a half points and then in the Nuggets-Suns games, I'm going to keep it simple again, like I did at game one. Just give me the Nuggets to win and cover, minus the four and a half. And then less simple, two props for you. Devin Booker over 36 and a half points and assists. Kevin Durant over 36 and a half points and rebounds. Okay, got some combo bets in there. We'll get into all that and more. Jim, what are your bets for Monday slate? Yeah, so uh, for the East Coast game, um, I'm targeting Tyrese Maxey. I'm looking at his points over. Um, I'm also looking at the Sixers spread, uh, potentially cover, and I don't hate 
putting those together. I'm not a big same game parlay guy, but um, I think those are actually kind of correlated closer than most. So I'm looking at potential same game parlay there. Um, and then in the late game, I'm looking at Devin Booker points and assists as well as just assists. Um, I like both of those angles. So um, those are my, my plays for Monday. Okay. Uh, we'll get to Jim's Sixers bet here in a second. I'm going to have to bring up uh, what I will now forever refer to as the Mitchell stat in regards to that one uh i am i'm sorry i'm i'm gonna have to go in on the booker on the over on the the points and assists prop and the assist prop like we'll talk about why but like the book seriously hung five and a half brandon like they seriously hung a five <laughs> and a half like are, are are we children like why would they hang that number <laughs> And what, like, why would they just give us that money? I, I do have uh, an answer when we get there. I have an answer for you. I'm also going to take uh, the Nuggets minus four and a half. Um, I am also going to take the over 227. I am also going to take the over 213 and a half in Sixers versus Celtics. Those are my three plays. Sixers Celtics. Um, I may have some props as we go along here. I usually actually come up with like, when I talk with the boys, I usually get a better feel for where, where props I want to be on. Um, let's start with the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Boston Celtics. Let's start with that one. Um, this line opens six and a half. Report comes out that's an LCL sprain. Shams basically like issues a report that's like Joel Embiid's really, 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 really hurt. And so the line moves all the way to 10 now. There's obviously no way, no way for this to not indicate that the books are just, the books went from, doesn't seem like Embiid's gonna play to like oh okay Embiid's not playing and then as soon as Embiid was ruled out it does feel to me like this moved and then the market came in and then moved it further and now we're at 10 um this shouldn't be 10 Jim like I agree with you like this this should not be 10 it's uh, a ridiculous line um I have this currently I have this at in 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 Boston mind you in Boston I have this Celtics minus four that's like an appropriate line um, Joel B is not worth six points to the spread. Steph Curry, were he to grab the infinity stones is not worth six points to the <laughs> spread. No individual like actual MVPs that deserve it are not worth six. I'm just kidding. Philly, you get your award on Tuesday. Congrats on that. Um, the, the no player is worth six points to the spread. So like this line is clearly wrong. I will let you give your cap for why you want the Sixers plus 10 here. And then I'll tell you why I'm not betting it. Yeah, so when I was looking at this, I I dug in. There were seven games this year where the Sixers had Harden but didn't have Embiid. Um, and I was thinking that it was going to just be totally open. It was going to be a little bit faster pace. I was pretty surprised. They they slowed it down, actually, which I guess kind of makes sense if the ball's in Harden's hands more. But their pace, actually, you know, they're the fifth slowest pace team in the league to start off with. But with, with uh, Embiid out, Harden in, uh, their pace would have been the slowest in the entire NBA. So... Mm-hmm. I think that helps, you know, the, the fewer possessions, they're going to be taking more threes with some beat out. There's higher variance here. I, I don't, I, I guess if I like the the spread, I should like the money line. I haven't worked up a money line bet just yet, but I really like them to kind of hang with Boston. I know I, I agree with you hundred percent. I, I probably would have it a little bit bigger than four with Embiid, but even still, I don't have Embiid worth five, six points. That, that's not, that's not where I'm at with this. So I really like, you can even get, 10 and a half in the market, some spots. So, and it's moving that direction. So keep an eye there because it, it may even move further. Um, so yeah, I, I'm on, I'm on the Philly side of this for game one, just because I, the number seems too big. And now for the Matt Mitchell stat, 
uh, in the playoffs this season. We're just going to keep it to this season because we have a big enough sample size. Uh, teams that covered are now 45 and five straight up. So they have lost just five times when they've covered. If they've won the game, they are 45, five and one at 90%. Do you think that the Boston Celtics are winning this game, Jim? This is a trap. Uh, I think that there is a better than 20% chance that the 76ers win this game. How is that for an answer? <laughs> That's a very good answer for this podcast. Um, okay. So then I will ask you, why aren't you betting the money line? I honestly probably will by, by the time it comes around. I, I, I'm i on the spread for now. I do think I'll sprinkle the money line at some point because I I, I do think there's a better than 20% chance. I think it's sitting at plus 400 out there right now. So if, if the numbers say you to do it, do it. Um, I will not bet the Sixers here. I will not bet the Celtics. This is not a line. Like, I won't bet the Sixers because I don't think they'll win. I won't bet the Celtics because this line is fucking stupid. Like, it's a stupid line. They know it's a dumb line. And they're just like, go ahead. No, we'll, we'll take that Sixers money. Nah, you're welcome to it. Take it. Come on. Um, this season, when Joel Embiid did not play, uh, this season, when Joel Embiid played zero minutes, 12 and five, 12, 12 and five this season, when Joel Embiid did not play straight up and against the spread, clearly very valuable. Um, and so, look, I, I, he's obviously huge this matchup. He's their best player. He's the most dominant guy. It's the playoffs. It's very relevant. But, like, I just can't get there to a number. Brandon, do you have, like, the you playing a side, like, you playing – a, a, a spread side here is like the least Brandon thing to do, but I do want to get your thoughts on what you think about the number. Yeah. I, I, when I, I turned in my best bets to you before the podcast, like a few hours before this, and then right before we started taping, I said, you know what, let's, let's skip that one. If I had to play a side, I was going to play the Celtics first half minus five and a half under the premise that Boston is way better because Embiid is not playing Celtics should win the game. I don't want to take the 10 points though. Oh my gosh, that's so many points. It's way too many points. Clearly, I don't want to take the 10 points. So what if they just come out and like, to me, the case for the first half was going to be, well, uh, did you watch Denver Phoenix the other night? Because remember how Denver kind of didn't look that good like a one seed and then they played a team that they actually cared about and then they looked pretty good like a one seed. <laughs> that, that's the case for, for Boston. We'll get back to that series too. But Boston was a great first half team all season. Like they're one of the top net ratings. Philadelphia is fine, but Boston has been really good in that spot. So if, if anything, I was going to lean that direction and just say, okay, let's, they've heard all the criticism of like, oh, you kind of like loafed through the Atlanta series and maybe they're not that good, blah, blah, whatever. I feel like they're going to come out more locked in at home and kind of try to try to take care of business quickly. But I don't feel like that enough to actually bet it. So it's not a best bet because I don't really know if I trust Boston. And two, Doc Rivers, Glenn Rivers, as our friend Raheem Palmer would call him, would give him a lot of crap. The one spot Doc Rivers shows up sometimes is on those undermanned spots. Yeah. And and we know, too, the spot where the, we count the team out and they boost the line up. And then that team so very often covers and hangs around too long. And oh, boy. Do the Celtics like to let those sort of teams hang around? They just stole all my money for two weeks doing so. So that's where I'd be at on the spread. But I just, I feel, I feel a little queasy on it. So I think I'm just going to sit out and play the props instead. 
Well, and another point to you sitting it out, the the Sixers, you know, different team and beads out into playoffs, but they were one of the better fourth quarter net rating teams all year. Usually that was in a in a winning effort, but um, in terms of a backdoor cover, that's just a scary stat to have as well. Doc yeah. Rivers in game ones as a dog, four and seven against the spread at 36%. Uh, Doc Rivers for the playoffs as a dog, 40, 34 and one at 54%. So not nearly as bad. Let's take a look at. Well, what about Doc Rivers when everyone has counted him out against the spread? What's the mm-hmm. stat for that? Do we have that one? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I have a filter for that <laughs> in Bet Labs. I'll check and see. Uh, it passed the first round when Doc is a dog, 22 and 23, 49%. So um, I don't like anything there. What I do like is the over. Um, when Embiid has not played this season, 10 and 7 to the over. Um, this goes back a couple of years too. If we look at. Uh, going back the last three seasons. And this is with honestly a worse offensive core. Um, the trend has hit pretty consistently with Embiid out to go ahead and take the over uh, 19 and 14 in the last two seasons um, into the over at 58%. So look, this number is, is really low. I am not leaning on my models from regular season at this point where the playoffs are an entirely different engine. Uh, Jim, I don't, I hear you on the pace thing, but you mentioned it in there. Like Sixers are going to shoot more threes. Like Embiid's out fewer free throws, but they're going to run pace and they're going to run space. Like that's what they're going to do. Even if they don't run necessarily fast, right. Even if Harden is like trying to control this, the offense will probably be efficient. Um, And then on the other end of this, if Brandon's right and like the Sixers are serious about this and take and like really buckle down, guess what that looks like. That looks like Missoula ball, which is a ton of threes. It means them bombing from three, getting turnovers off Harden, running the other direction. Um, I think there's a number of paths for us to hit this over here, especially a number at 213 and a half, Jim. Well, and to your point, I was looking, so I, I I found that pace thing. And so I instantly was like, oh, let's look towards an under. And in those games, the games did not go under. <laughs> so I was like, oh, you know what? I'm I'm going to stay away. So they do slow things down. But to your point, it's more threes. It's more efficient in a sense. And I couldn't get there on an under. So uh, I'm I'm with you there. Um, okay. Uh, Brandon, you've got Derek white over 13 and a half points. I want to hear what you like about that in this game. Yeah. And just real quick to chime in on the over under case. Cause I actually looked at that as well. I will be, I think looking for unders in the series. We'll talk about it on the series preview podcast that my notes kind of said lean under, but my notes are leaning under because they're leaning under on the Embiid Sixers. And so I was like, uh Oh, though, if until we see that Embiid, is out and then what happens you better stay away and be safe so i i think there's things about both teams profiles that make it i think the scoring will be a little harder to come by in this one not necessarily because of great defense just because of some of the matchup stuff but uh, i think it's a stay away but it's i i'm not too sure what to make of the fact that i am effectively leaning against both of your best bets i'm leaning under and leaning celtics and I think what that tells me is that it's a good thing I'm not betting both of those because I think my uncertainty is showing a little bit. I get the under here, but is the under yeah. based off of like, my question for you is like, is, are you like, well, I don't think there's gonna be much scoring, but like put that versus a 213 and a half line is my right. Opinion. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, the uh, to be totally transparent, the way I play totals, I don't, I don't have a model. I don't have a number I'm going against. The way I play totals, the number I'm going against is the number that's set. I basically am am trusting the market to set what is an efficient line and then saying, okay, but according to what I think that the markets think, do I expect more or less scoring? And if I, and that's, if if my mind triggers, 
I think this is going to be a more than we think or less than we think, then that's when I take a look at it. So I, I don't have a good number to compare that to. It's, it's a good critique. It is a low number, but it's also the playoffs and we've seen some low numbers. I think an interesting question here is like, do you think that the 76ers without Joel Embiid can be more or less successful than the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> were versus Boston? Because like, this is the dirty secret is like Boston's defense is shaky. It's not bad. It's just shaky. Like, yeah. like there's a scenario where you're right, Brandon, where the, where the Celtics bring their a game and lock down and the Celtic and the Sixers score like 95 points. And it's like, this is why Joel's the MVP. And that's like a very real possibility, but there's also like a, a wide range of outcomes. There's also an outcome where like that happens and the Celtics put up two put up 125, Right. And we yeah. go and we hit anyway. So sure. like, um, yeah. I feel okay so about the, about the over, but. So, yeah. so let me answer your question with going to my other prop here, because I think it actually is, is is the answer to your question. With Joel Embiid out, I, I try to, I, assuming Embiid would be out, not just this game into the series, I was like, okay, we're, where, what's the case for Philly? Devil's advocate to myself. We all know on Bucket's podcast, I'm not the biggest Sixers fan in the world. So be a devil's advocate. What, how can they get there? The first answer on the list has to be James Harden. It has to be Harden has a huge series. And it's a big problem for me because a it's the playoffs and it's James Harden, but he's had some good series. He's, he's honestly had a lot of good series. We give him a lot of crap. He's had some very, very bad games and very big moments. He's had a lot of good series in this particular series against these defenders, all the guys that they can throw at him. We've talked about this all year that I was worried about that. And on top of it, I don't think James Harden is healthy. I don't think that he is playing like the James Harden that, Certainly not the one he used to be. He hasn't been that this year anyway, but just he hasn't looked the same down the stretch here. I was surprised, actually, guys, in the season, in the four games against Boston, Harden actually was really good. He averaged 25 and a half points, three and a half threes a game. He got to the line almost nine times a game. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Harden can actually beat this team. But if you look at the more recent stretch, last series, he averaged 17.3 points a game. It's not a lot, but he hasn't been scoring a ton this year. It's a little bit down from usual. But basically, one game he had seven threes. That was pretty much his entire points. One game he had seven free throws. That's nice, but he only had four the whole rest of the series. And one game he had five twos. What I'm seeing overall is for the series, Harden made 14 threes, 42%. That's great. He shot nine of 34 on two-pointers. 9 of 34 is 26%. That is horrendous. That is Russell Westbrook shooting three-pointers horrendous, but they're worth two, and he's not getting fouled anymore. He only got 11 free throws the whole series. So now we have a guy that is not attacking the rim. By the way, the Celtics are very good at two-point defense, so that's not going to help. He had a one-game all-series with more than two two-pointers. It's not new. This was a trend that we talked about Previous podcasts this has been happening the last like couple of weeks of the season as well, since I think he triggered that Achilles injury. So I don't think Harden can have a big game. To me, this is kind of my version of saying I think Boston's going to win. This is my Boston to win bet is I think if Harden goes under 22 and a half and doesn't score a whole lot, I don't see a lot of paths for Boston or for Philadelphia to win. I don't see him in a lot of twos. 22 and a half is the line. If I do a quick little math for you, if I assume he's only going to get six points on twos and free throws, which is more than he's been getting for a while now, he's got to hit six threes to get to that number. I don't think he's going to hit six threes. The math would usually say he wouldn't. So I'm taking the Harden under 
And it's my way of answering your question about the over-under. And it's the reason, it's the way I'm backing Boston here. All right. Well, that's Harden unders. Um, your Derek White thing is for the series. Is that correct? Uh, no, that's for this one. That, that one's real quick. Derek White, I just noticed in the season, the last three times he played Philadelphia was really good. Averaged 21 points a game. He averaged three threes a game in those. Against Atlanta, he played 32 minutes a game, scored 17 points a game. He had 18 or more four times out of the six games. He's just good. He he is one of those guys that you do not need to take off the court. He's always available to play because he's not going to hurt you. So he is trustworthy. He is, shall I say, not Marcus Smart. He stays out on the court. He's going to get minutes. He's going to get his shots up. The line is 13 and a half. I just feel like the way he's played lately, we're probably getting a, a few, two, three points there. So that's it. Uh, I have one more for this one. Uh, I'm actually going to do a same game on FanDuel. Uh, I'm going to do Tatum, one plus steals. Tatum, 30 plus points, 168. Uh, Tatum led the Celtics in the regular season and postseason in points off of turnovers. More Harden equals more turnovers. That's just like a base thing. Um, part of this is also they'll run, they'll still run pick and roll with D-Ball Paul and Harden. And what he'll do is he'll try and hit the cross-court pass to Tobias Harris in the corner. Tatum will be on that matchup enough to where he'll pick that off. And so that gives me the steal. Um, and then there's like any number of ways that Tatum gets the 30 plus in this game, um, including he'll hunt their smaller guys on switches. And that's how he'll get there. So I'll throw that one in there as well. Jim, hit me with the maxi bet. Yeah, yeah. So this one, uh, again, looking at those seven games um, with uh, and beat out Harden in, maxi averaged 28.1 uh, points per game in those seven games. Uh, he cleared, so his line's right now at 20, 23 and a half. Uh, he cleared that in five of the seven, but the one of those two that he missed, he was at 23. The others, he was at 17. He led the team in scoring in six of those seven. He gets the most field goal attempts in almost every one of those. Brandon, I'm with you. I don't think Harden is is fully healthy right now. And so I, I have to assume he's going to be looking to, instead of, if he's not, if he can't attack the rim, and successfully score, he's going to be looking to kick. I think that means more Maxi. I was looking, I was thinking about Harris too. Harris just scares me. He's so inconsistent. Maxi <laughs> is much more consistent for a guy who's been in league. You know, he's been in league a while now, but less time than Harris. So, um, I really liked it over there, and I I do think it correlates kind of closely with with Philadelphia covering. I think if Maxi has a big night, I also like an escalator potentially at FanDuel. You can get him for thirty five points at plus eight fifty. Um, so if you want to get a little crazy on the same game parlays, I, I don't usually give those out here, but um, I like that correlation for, for game one. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. In the late game, Phoenix Suns take on the Denver Nuggets, looking to even the series 1-1. Brandon and I both have the Nuggets minus 4.5. Let's start with the Nuggets pick, Brandon. Um, I think the way that I think this probably goes is Denver, once again, has a big lead at half. The Suns figure something out in the second half, and they gain some momentum, but four and a half is close enough for me to go ahead and take the Nuggets. I will tell you that if this was any higher, obviously with Phoenix being as good as they are, plus that kind of trend, I would not be betting this or go the other way. Um, but I do think it's this is close enough for me to for me to get home. Um, Monty Williams <laughs> said after the game of game one, he said, well, we're going to have to switch up some things on Jamal. We can't let him get those kind of shots after Jamal Murray went for 34 points, nine assists. Um, here are the things that they can do. You you can switch. You don't want to do that. Like, I'm just warning you right now. You don't want to do that, because what that means is that Landry Shamit, Josh Akogi, Tory Craig, uh Damian Lee and Suns fans want campaign which I don't really think they understand what they're asking for here that person then switches on to Nikola Jokic the problem is not that Nikola is going to back that person into the basket the problem is that Nikola will then put that person back in a pick and roll that's what they do is they will put them and they won't just switch it back that's where confusion happens whenever a guard is, is is defending a big it gets really confusing the other option they can try and do what the Nuggets did to Devin Booker and they can blitz him in the pick and roll Let's put two on ball and we'll force the ball out of Jamal's hands. Then you have Nikola Jokic with a four on three. Again, that results in Nikola Jokic, the single best decision maker maybe in the NBA, in a four on three downhill versus your son's defense. Not advisable. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do. With that coverage, maybe they they find something that works, but I am very skeptical of that. I think that they will struggle in this one. Denver is really good at home. Um, they will continue to be very good at home. Denver, like game one is not proof of concept. Game one doesn't decide everything. I think the Suns will will win some games in the series. But I do think that a lot of people kind of realize like, oh, like Denver's actually good too in that game one. Um, we'll see what happens, but I do like the Nuggets minus four and a half here, and I'll take the over because I think the Suns probably do start to fire a little bit more from three. Why do you like the Nuggets, Brandon? Yeah, a lot of similar reasons. Jim and I are both big soccer fans, and in soccer, all is popular these days, the advanced metrics. After the game, they put up the XG, the expected goals, and there's a little map with the dots all over where the shots were, and occasionally when uh, when one team just like crushes the other team, there's just like dot, dot, dots everywhere. And the and one of the guys will put the caption, that's a paddling. That was my caption of game one. That was a paddling. That was Denver's expected points per shot was just like, please, sir, may I have some more? They, they got anything that they wanted in this game. And Phoenix's defense just did not look up to the task here. And really, that was the cap coming in. It to, to mean not to do a victory lap, but my my thought on game one and on the series was what we saw in game one. That was what I expected coming in. That's what we saw. 
I gotta be honest, I started on Phoenix or maybe a Phoenix second quarter here. I try to get creative. I don't think I should get creative. I think I should just stick with what my cap was. It's what we saw. Here's the math that we talked about. Denver in game one had 17 more field goal attempts, 14 more three-point attempts, 11 more rebounds, seven fewer turnovers. Guess what, guys? When you have seven fewer turnovers and 11 more rebounds, that's 18 extra possessions to get shots up. They actually finished with identical effective field goal percentage. Identical. Well, if you have 18 more tries to get those shots and you're getting identical results on them, and by the way, Phoenix's guys didn't shoot horribly in this game. They weren't great, but they were fine. That's the math problem. I'm sorry. Like we, that's it. That's the math problem. That this is a math game. Denver is good. Denver is better at home. Denver looked the better part. I'm not daunted by the four and a half. I just feel like keep it easy and stick with the team that I like here. Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Booker. Um, so all of us are on Booker. <laughs> like this is a very popular one. Again, um, I did the escalator in game one with the five and a half and then the six and a half and the seven and a half. Like I, I felt good about Booker here. Um, the coverage was really interesting. They blitzed. They did. It's very rare that I hit anything as solidly as I hit this in terms of like predicting them what the coverage is going to be. I said the Nuggets best path is blitz Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and pick and rolls play drop versus Chris Paul and dare him to beat you. And that's exactly what they did. That's a hundred percent what they did. Now, Chris might get aggressive here and, and score. Like that's going to be like a big, big, like that's going to be a big factor in this game too. If, if Chris is on one, then the Suns can definitely win this game. And even the series one, one um booker it was fascinating because booker hated what he saw there um the clipper strength was that they could switch everything right like switch 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 but the problem was like Clippers really did decided not to play a lot of their best offenders like they decided to play small dudes and not play robert covington and keep zubach on the floor like tyloo coached a pretty shitty series all things considered like you have all these strengths that will mess with kevin durant and devin booker and he didn't do them. Like, it doesn't matter if you switch, if it's like Russell Westbrook on a guy. It doesn't matter if you switch, if it's Bones Highland. The Nuggets, on the other hand, were like, they committed to their scheme, which was anybody but you. That's like their best tactic, which is, we know we can't contain with our big man. So we're just going to do everything we can to get the ball out of your hands. You're not going to be passing. Like, you are not going to be getting one-on-one -on -one coverage versus these guys. You're not getting switches. You're not getting easy stuff. We're putting pressure on you. And Booker was annoyed. Like he was annoyed. Like it was one of the summer runs when guys were doubling. And he was like, come on, man, I just want to work on my game. Like he was, he was visibly irritated, which is really impressive that he still managed to be as efficient as he was and put up the numbers that he did. He still had really great numbers, but usually in situations where a team is going to blitz, I tend to go the other way where I'm like, look, if he's going to pass, it's not, he's not going to generate assists out of that. He's going to generate hockey assists out of that. And the big man's going to have assists. DeAndre Aiden's not comfortable there. He's just not. I don't think Jock Landale, who's good, by the way, I don't think he's comfortable making passes out of that. So, like, a lot of it's either going to be Devin reversing to the other corner or Devin hitting Aiden or Landale for, like, short jumpers. in the like, And they will take those, and that's how he generates those assists because the Nuggets have no reason to switch. They will probably vary up some stuff. The, the what they might do a little bit is that with the first possession of the game, the Suns had got Booker and got MPJ on a switch and went right at him. 
they might go to that a little bit more. But in general, I think they're going to find that Denver's still going to blitz him consistently. And that, to me, opens up Booker's assist prop. Booker had five in that first quarter. Slowed down the rest of the game, but that was still enough to get us here. They're going to come in bunches, but I still like the the assist over. Let's start with Jim. Um, you like points and assists. You like assists. Tell me why you like this. Yeah, I mean, your cap was awesome. Uh, my cap is a lot more straightforward. It's that since KD has joined, Booker has cleared this number. I, they keep hanging this number, and I'm going to keep playing it until they boost it because – he, he just is in much more of a, like he is comfortable in this facilitator role with KD on the team. They're having, they're having Paul off ball a little bit more. Booker's bringing it up a lot more. He's cleared this number in four of the six playoff games. He cleared it coming into the postseason. I want to say, was it like a 70, 80% clip? I don't have the number right in front of me, but he is, he's clearing this number early and often. Um, and this is kind of my way of betting Phoenix a little bit. I'm not comfortable betting Phoenix, because this is more of a, a vibe thing than than any sort of like uh, number play or any sort of matchup breakdown. But this Phoenix team to me just has a whiff of warrior. Like like we're, we're new to the Suns, we're still figuring them out. But they have a whiff of this of the Warriors of like need to get punched in the face to really wake up. And I kind of feel, and again, this is a feel, so I don't want to go fully on board with the play. But it kind of feels like the Suns are going to show up for game two. And I, I was I'm I'm on the Nuggets in this series. Um, I'm I'm staying on that side. But it feels like this is a game where the the Suns kind of wake up and we're like, oh wait, okay, this isn't just going to be a sweep for the Nuggets or Nuggets in five. Like this this will be a good series, like we were imagining at the beginning. And this this kind of feels like the spot that gets there. Brandon, um, we can talk about the the if you got stuff on the assist side, but I like to talk about the point side too here because I do think like Book's still hitting tough shots. Like he still shot efficiently. Yeah. So I think there's opportunities. Like I think points and assists is a way to be maybe a little bit safer with it. Um, why do you lean on the points and assists side here for book? Yeah, I, I want to talk about the assists as part of that because so we talk about potential assists on here a lot as, as kind of a good measure of okay, well, you know, we know we know if the guys are going to hit the shots. So Booker had eight assists in game one. Jim, how many potential assists do you think Booker had in game one? I want to say we we're was it like a comically large number? Was it like twenty two or something? It's not. It is, in fact, eight. According oh, to oh, NBA.com, wow. he had eight potential assists and eight assists. Now, I will say this. On NBA.com, it says that potential assists is an estimated stat. I don't think it's like every single pass exactly. However, concerning because, as we always say, you typically convert about half of those, so that would imply closer to four. That is why I've been playing the Booker over assists. All the reasons you said, Jim, I think it was six of eight in the regular season with Durant, so 75%. It's been great. He's 6.8 assists per game with Durant. That only eight potentials did throw me off a little bit. So that's why I pivoted to the points plus assess, kind of just to give myself a buffer. And this is a little bit, as you both know, I... Uh, I decided to go in on the Looney point or Looney rebounds assisting on game six and got blown out of the water because we had a coaching change. This is also me admitting that I don't really know which version of Booker we're going to get. Like Matt, the stuff you talked about on Willie pass, Willie score. This is me hedging and saying, well, let me cover my bases here. Maybe he does pass. Maybe we get 10, 11 assists. Great. Well, I'm probably safe. Then I only need 26 points now. Maybe he doesn't, but it's because he's just taking a ton of shots. So Last five games, Devin Booker is averaging 37.4 points, just points. Last five games, he is averaging more points than the points and assists line and 7.4 assists as well. He's over this line for the five. The only one he wasn't 
his game one, he had 35 points plus assists. But may I remind you, the game ended in a blowout. Booker sat the last five minutes. He very clearly would have hit the over if we needed to. And that ties to my Durant play. Do you want me to go into that or are we still on Booker? Uh, I will just add that the other significant thing is in the second half, uh, in the fourth quarter, most notably, Booker realized that he could get downhill. This is going to be a big battle for them. Again, like we talked about the three-point stuff, like it's going to be a big battle for them trying to figure out, like they need to not take as many twos and take more threes. They don't want to do that. They want to take pull-up twos. They need to get to the rim. Like they need to play yeah. Mori Ball. The Nuggets are susceptible to Mori Ball. The Suns are the least Mori Ball team imaginable. They take inefficient <laughs> shots at an extremely efficient clip. That's their identity. But books seem to realize he needs to get downhill more and there's no rim protection. Once you realize there's no rim protection, guys go at it more. I have a feeling book gets more aggressive there. I need your Durant cap and I need it quickly. Yeah, so it's tied to the Booker thing. We got game two for this game and then we don't play again until Friday. So for the first time, all playoffs, the Suns guys did not play 40,000 minutes in their game. Booker played 40, Durant played 36. They're kind of rested, guys. For them, that's pretty rested. We play tonight. I think they're playing literally every second they can handle. We're going to get as many minutes and seconds as we possibly can get from Durant and Booker. We've already seen that happen. This is a game you have to have to save the season. You can't go down 0-2. I think we get all the Booker, all the Durant, and all the shots. So give me all the overs. Durant has scored like clockwork, like he always does, 28 to 31, right in that range, four games in a row. He had, I think, 14 rebounds last game. His rebounds have been up. He has a a 9 and 11 in the playoffs. I hope we might get a little bit of Durant at center, perhaps, sort of lineup. So that would help with the rebounding as well. He's got over 36 and a half rebounds and points. Three straight, average 30 and 10 in that stretch. Game one, 29 and 14. Yeah, despite missing the five minutes. So 43 points and rebounds. So, and I like playing them both. I will play both together. Because A, I think either one of them could just score 37 on their own and hit the over. And B, I find it very hard to believe that both of these dudes will not hit either one of the numbers. So it's a bit of uh, an insurance play. I think they can both hit, but I think at least one of them does. That's going to do it for Buckets for your best bets for Monday. Make sure to check out the Action Network app. We'll have a series preview on Sixers Celtics in the feed as well. Tomorrow we'll have that's four. Tuesday slate. Make sure to tune in for that. My thanks to Jim Turvey for joining us tonight at Turvey Bets and Brandon Anderson at Wheaton Brando. We'll see you guys again next time. My thanks to David Payne, our producer. Until we see you again, do not forget for us to get bucket. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.